0: 7 in the Pew Bible is found in page 1291. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000, from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000, from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000, from the tribe of Levi, 12,000, from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000, from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000, from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000, from the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These, in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Praise be to the living God for his word.
1: Thank you, Yui, uh, for reading God's word to us this morning. It's a wonderful passage for us to, to reflect upon. Well, let's, uh, let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, this day thank you for your word and we pray this morning that we we will behold the majesty and the splendor of our God for indeed we are safe in Jesus we thank you Lord that we are sealed and safe forever in Christ and so we pray that you'll impress upon our hearts today what it means to belong to you the salvation belongs to you O God in Jesus name Amen well, friends, once again, good morning, and it's great to see you all this morning. Uh, we have one hour less of sleep. I hope we are all wide awake this morning. I turned my clock last evening at eight o'clock, just in case I I forgot and uh, slept in this morning. Uh, so we've lost one hour of sleep, eh? but I'm sure that we will be all okay this morning. Well, today we come uh, to uh, Revelation chapter seven, uh, where we read of the sixth seal. And uh, it's continuing on, isn't it? And uh, this morning we want to look at verses 1 right through to um, the 12, which is our text. As we know, friends, seven seals are released from the first four seals, um, the first four horsemen who ride out over the face of the earth. A very quick recap. We have been working our way through the book of Revelation, as we've noted There are seven seals mentioned in the book of Revelation. So far, we have looked at five of them and also part of the sixth seal. In Revelation chapter 6, 1 to 8, we looked at the first four seals. We noted the white horse signifying conquest, the red horse signifying war, the black horse signifying economic hardship, and the pale horse. Which is death, and we noted that even though these horsemen ride forth on the on the earth, the church is reminded that God is on the throne and that He reigns from heaven. He remains in full control as He fights the battles against Satan and that of wickedness. The church, His people, are part of this battle. We are not just looking on, as we see when the fifth seal is opened. Where the children of God cry out at the altar for God's deliverance and to have their death avenged. And so they cry out, How long, O Lord? And God answers with the opening of the sixth seal, where in response to the cry of the saints at the altar, How long, Lord? He shows that the final judgment will come. His judgment will be upon the unbelieving and all those who have, who have persecuted these people. And the cosmos itself will experience God's judgment as we know from uh, Paul's writing to the Roman Church uh, to the church in Rome that uh, the the creation itself is groaning it is groaning with agony and pain waiting for the final consummation of all things and so his judgment will be upon those who have persecuted God's people, those who have turned away from him, the living God, and his justice will prevail. See, sometimes we forget, don't we, that our God is a just God. This last Sunday uh, evening, uh, John spoke on uh, part of the justice of God. See, the fact is that God is just. He is loving, but he is also Justice the God of justice and we know very well that we cry out for justice don't we when we see a crime that has been committed uh, we cry out for justice we look to we look to the judiciary to exercise justice so that mankind can be prevented from further harm we look to the courts for justice because we want justice and God is the God who will exercise his justice and no one will escape it no one except those who are in white robes that is those who are his people who stand before him in the righteous robe of Christ and so the announcement of the seventh seal if you look at Revelation uh, the first few chapters and now we are in chapter 7 and then we come to chapter 8 we have the seventh seal but before the seventh seal is mentioned we see a dramatic delay in chapter 7 have a look at chapter 7 why is this delay we will see why in a moment as we work our way through our passage and so today we want to look at two uh, points in this uh, passage this morning we want to look at those who are sealed and we want to look at the great multitude the sealed Uh, look at Revelation chapter 7 1 to 8 and we see this in our text here this morning John says that he saw four angels at the four corners of the earth in one sense we still speak even today as a matter of speech the four corners of the earth this is a way of saying that the four angels overshadow the entire earth and they are holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree now we know that strong winds can be very destructive don't we Uh, we saw that in the state of south Australia. imagine that entire state in a in complete darkness now there might be lots of debates as to all the energy issues and all that and i'm not going into uh, into that this morning but we do know that strong winds can cause chaos we've just witnessed it in 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 our own country so the four angels restrain or hold back the four winds symbolizing that god is holding back is judgment yes there are judgments taking place but he's holding back the final judgment and then John sees another angel coming from the East verse 2 then I saw an angel ascending from the rising of the Sun with the seal of the living God and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the, the earth this angel ascends from the rising of the Sun and this angel had the seal of the living God And this angel calls out with a loud voice to the other four angels, saying, do not harm them until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. What is this sealing? Well, friends, does this mean that believers will have a literal seal on our foreheads? I can't see any particular seal on our foreheads this morning. Can you? We can look at each other and there is no seal, is there, on our foreheads. Nothing. You see, the word seal is used in different ways in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 27, we note that the tomb of Jesus was secured by sealing it and putting guards around it. In Revelation chapter 20 verse 3, God throws Satan into a pit and seals it over so that he cannot escape. Another is found in Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, where Abraham's circumcision is called the sign and seal of the righteousness he had by faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says that the converts are the seal of his apostolic ministry. Here the seal gives a sign of authenticity. And here in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 3, the seal of God is put on the foreheads of his servants to protect them from the wrath that is to come upon the world. And so the seal, friends, this morning, is a stamp of authority. The seal is a stamp of ownership. The seal is a sign of authenticity. As you know, when, when governments sign documents, when they exchange trade deals, you would have seen that Uh, they they sign these documents and they exchange the books right you've seen that perhaps on your TVs and that is confirming that when the the document has been signed by the minister or the prime minister or whoever is representing him that that document is a legal authentic document so God's seal is a sign of authenticity and we read this in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 13 and 14 let me read it. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were, what is it? Sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You see, friends, when a person is converted or born again and becomes a Christian, he or she is sealed. Sealed. With the Holy Spirit marking that the person is one who belongs to the living God. The Holy Spirit is God's keeping of his promise. We heard about promises this morning, right? In our kids talk. And the Holy Spirit is God's keeping of his promise. God's deed of purchase of his people by the precious blood of Christ is sealed by the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. It is his mark of ownership on a person's life. And this sealing is God's stamp because his son Jesus has sealed us by his blood for eternity. Sealed and safe forever in Christ. That's the, that's the sermon title. I, I put the words in Christ there because then that confirms it. So remember those words, we are sealed and safe forever in Christ. We don't have a mark on our foreheads, do we, this morning? We cannot see this sealing in any visible way, can we? But know for sure, friends, this morning, know for certain that if you are a Christian, that is, if you have repented of your sin, that you have turned to Jesus Christ in faith, then you are sealed and safe forever in Christ. What a blessing. Yes? Yes. Yeah? You're with me, right? What a blessing that is. That God could take a person from nowhere, convert that person, apply the work of Christ in that person's life, and seal that person with his mark of ownership, with his mark of authenticity, saying, you are mine. I still cannot work it out. It's beyond my explanation how God could reach out to a sinner and do that. It's amazing, right? It's an amazing work of the living God. What a blessing, friends. You see, we know for certain the sealing of God's servants is a great comfort to all who place their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They know. They now know that God will always keep them. They are His and it cannot be undone. These are the servants of God that we see here in our passage this morning. God's people are called His servants because we serve Him. And as as His sealed people, we are sealed and safe forever in Christ and therefore protected from God and the day of judgment that is to come. Look at verses 4 and verse 4. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Twelve tribes are mentioned here. The Bible lists twelve sons of the patriarch of uh, Israel uh, who each became the father of a tribe, the ancient nation. And uh, here is a list, the twelve tribes of uh, Israel. You can read it in the book of Genesis. We Uh, we have it there Reuben Simeon Levi the whole list is there I'm not going to read all of those names this morning but compared here to the list here in in Revelation 7 we see that the tribe of Dan is missing probably because it was associated with idolatry besides not Reuben the oldest heads the list but Judah the tribe from whom Jesus was born if you look at it carefully here we see this and there are peculiarities in this list that I'm not going to go into this morning And the number of the sealed comes to 12,000 for each tribe, making up in total 144,000. Now this number, 144,000, is the subject of much speculation. For example, if you know something about the Jehovah's Witnesses, have you read of their theology and their soteriology or um, the, the way they look at salvation? For example, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they have their own explanation about the 144,000. I think a good book to consult on this topic is, uh, on the cults, a book by Anthony Hukama. And I was reading, uh, actually, his explanation about Jehovah's Witnesses in this book this past week. And according to the teaching of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, all Jehovah's Witnesses globally will come to 144,000 who will go to heaven and receive the privileged higher blessings, The 144,000, according to them, are the anointed special class. I've had this discussion with JWs at my front door. And I said, do you know you go to heaven? It's about the 144,000. They're not sure. How sad is that, friends? What a sad position to be in. You see, now since 12 tribes are listed, some say that the 144,000 consist of only Jewish believers is that the case well when we look at this text here we see in verse 3 that they are called the servants of God the number 144,000 is a symbolic number I believe of all Christians throughout the ages it's a sign of completeness It is not that only 144,000 are his people and will enjoy heaven. The total of 144,000 is symbolic. And it constitutes the entire church of both the Old and New Testament believers. And therefore, the 12 tribes must also mean that the whole church in the Bible, the church, it means the entire church of God's people the Old and the New Testament because sometimes in fact the Bible speaks uh, of the church in terms of the 12 tribes James 1 Matthew 19 now have a look at your Bibles did you notice the shift in verse 4 in Revelation 7 John says I saw but come here to uh, in 7 1 but come here to verse 4 he says I heard and I heard the number of the sealed 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel what did he hear friends he heard this is interesting the shift here he heard the number of all those who received the seal of God the number is not secret we don't know it we don't know how many people God has saved and is saving in the world do we we don't know that. But God does. I heard the number, John says. God knows the exact number of his people. He, just, he doesn't bypass someone. We are no accidents. Did you see that? Do you see the implications of this? that he has heard and he knows exactly for god knows those who are his and he knows the number of his people he knows those whom he has justified he knows those whom he has sanctified he knows those whom he has glorified big terms justified means made right with god sanctified means be made holy with god glorified means one day we'll receive a wonderful glorious new body And he knows those whom he has called he has sealed them and nothing no one can take away from them their eternal salvation they are sealed we are sealed and safe forever in christ for eternity what a comfort and what a blessing friends i don't know about you in this life we know that we go through ups and downs right there are the joys there are the battles there are the difficult moments and the hard days there are times when relationships are stretched and stressed. The times when we are looking to God for financial guidance, for employment, for our future partners in life. Life is complex. As you go to work tomorrow, after this long, what a great long weekend, eh? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when we go back to work tomorrow, perhaps you go back to your schools, universities. You might experience disappointments. There might be despair in the midst of joy. And as we navigate our way through this life, I want us to be reminded this morning, please, be reminded this morning, that whatever the circumstance might be, know today that you are safe and secure forever in Christ. That he has sealed you with his mark of ownership and protect you on the day of judgment. And John goes on and says, I saw this great multitude that no one could number from every nation. See, John sees a great multitude. No one can count this great multitude. And who is this great multitude? Are they different from the 144,000? No. This great multitude are Christians from all over the world. The gospel has now gone out to the world. Remember the Great Commission. And Jesus has called people from everywhere in the world. He has called people from, from Sri Lanka, from Holland, from Vietnam, from uh, South Africa, from South Korea, from where else? Tell me, China, Malaysia, Singapore. Did I miss anyone else from Germany, from who else? India, where else? Did I miss anyone? From Australia. Of course. How oh, can I do that? From the UK, from as I look around, friends, say, God has called us from everywhere. From different and from Sudan. From, look at this. God has called people from every background, every language, every color, everything else, beautifully calling a people unto himself. Such a multitude of people. It's an international group. I should mention Egypt as well. So many people. It's an international group. And you know what, friends? This is a promise that God spoke to Abraham. And God keeps his promise. For example, we read Genesis chapter 13 this morning. And God said to Abraham, I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also, also can be counted. That's the offspring here. You know why I say this? Because in Galatians three twenty nine we read this: If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Here's according to the promise. Did you see that? God has kept His promise. So God's promise to Abraham is gloriously fulfilled. revelation 7 the number of the elect is not small it is so great that no one can count and what were they doing there what were they doing have a look at your Bibles revelation 7 they were they, they wore white robes and they held palm branches in their hands and they are standing before the throne in white perfect righteousness of Christ justified in him victorious in Christ the redeemed people God's servants sealed ones in the purity of Christ they have palm branches in their hands indicating a sign of joyful celebration palm branches were emblems of triumph that's why we got as our memory text this morning be glad be joyful be celebrating friends this morning this great multitude of believers is a picture of the church triumphant. And in this world, the church is marginalized. Christians are marginalized in our own country. But the church is also triumphant. And one day we'll be completely triumphant. And look up at their they're crying out. Salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know a song we sing? Do you know that one? Hmm? goes something like this, isn't it? Salvation belongs to our God. You know that one? I hope I got the tune right, yeah? Who sits upon the throne. You know that one, right? That's that's where it's coming from. Salvation belongs to our God. And to the Lamb who sits on the throne. I mean, that's a sermon, that's a message in that whole, just those words there. What a statement. Indeed, salvation belongs to our God. Both to Jesus and to God. From beginning to end, it is all his work. God's work. God himself will bring to completion the work he has begun in you. And I was thinking about that this past week. Look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. And I am sure of this. You know what? That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that this morning, friends? Right? That God who has given you salvation has brought you out into salvation who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ what a blessing and notice friends what's the response to all that God had done did these people sit back and say wow this is great I'll just sit back I'll just relax I'll just be there no what did they do have a look at your text and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and, and 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 they fell on their faces you see the angels were standing there the elders the living creatures they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped god saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our god forever seven things mentioned they prostrated themselves that's the Greek word they 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 fell on them on 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 the ground and the idea is one of worshipping here sevenfold refrain friends worship is what we do all of life and the church gathers on the Lord's Day we gather to worship the Living God don't we we gather to worship him publicly in our own lives, privately. But here is a heavenly choir that is singing. The sevenfold ref- uh, refrain. Um, John Piper says this The slain lamb is the central song of the universe forever. In eternity past, the plan was that the lamb of God be slain, so that in eternity future, the lamb of God slain and triumphant would be sung. As the central song of the universe. The response is worship. John Calvin, the great reformer, said this writing about the Reformation. The reformer, Calvin, placed the worship of God as the first of the Reformation issues. He said, There is nothing more perilous to our salvation than a preposterous and perverse worship of God. When a Presbyterian minister is ordained, To office, one of the questions that is put in the Presbyterian church for us anyway, do you practice the purity, do you practice the purity of worship? Do you see that? Because when we dumb down worship, we're dumbing down God. And this God deserves everything. The worship of our hearts that we'll be able to sing, yes, oh God glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving be to you the power and might I want to worship you as the living God because I am safe and secure in Christ forever that's the worship and this morning friends as you come to the Lord's Supper what a reminder to us of God's redeeming work in his son Jesus and so when we come this morning let us remind ourselves that we are sealed and safe forever in Christ. Remind yourself of this. No matter, no matter what happens, you are his. And so this morning I pray that we will be able to worship this God from our hearts by his spirit. And come to him in faith. And celebrate everything that God has done for you. Alright? Alright? You go out tomorrow. You go out from this place today Just to celebrate and say, God, I thank you that I am sealed and I'm safe forever in Christ. So you go to work tomorrow or you meet your friends tomorrow and somebody might ask you, so what did that guy speak on yesterday? What did he say? You might forget everything of this sermon. I don't expect you to remember everything. Of course not. But remember these words, that you are sealed and safe forever in christ do you remember that all right this week because that's the blessing we have in jesus let's pray heavenly father thank you for your precious word thank you for helping us to understand a passage like this we see glorious activity taking place in heaven something that we cannot comprehend yet on earth But, Lord, we know that one day we will experience in fullness everything that we read today. And so, Father, we pray this morning that as we come to the supper, that you remind us the fact that we are indeed your people, that we are sealed and safe forever in Christ. Amén.